Hey everyone, it's Mandy. I just wanted you to know that this is another car episode, part two of my conversation with Rachel over Mother's Day weekend. We do talk about abuse, domestic violence. We also talk about parenting challenges, especially for Rachel, who's raising a black son. And so we address race and racism as well, and what we believe our job is in addressing that. Once again, we are in the car, so there is that background noise, and we do appreciate you listening. Let's get started. I I just don't get a chance to like really do anything to catch my breath. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is why we're on this road trip right now. <laughs> I know, but for real. Because yeah. I don't. Like, I don't I get to do this. I do not get to do this. And it, even with time, like most of the times, 99% of the time that you have J's, it's because I'm working. Right. It's not because I'm right. doing this. I hate to be a whiny bitch, but holy fuck. What about me? What about me? <laughs> For real though, all of a sudden, oh, you're a mom. Fuck you, Rachel. You no longer get to help. You don't count for shit. <laughs> Which is fine, like, 99% of the time, but let me catch my breath. And then I do, and I'm like, oh my god, it would have been so fun if Jace could have been here to do this, this, and this. I know. Fucking asshole kids are fucking dicks. <laughs> <laughs> this mom shit sucks. <laughs> right? Like, how can you love and hate something so much? <laughs> and it is, like, I mean, all that shit about you don't understand until you're a mother. That shit is legit. Yeah. That shit is legit. Like, it is the hardest job in the universe. And I'm sorry, I know that there are a handful of fantastic men who have stepped up to the role of being a single father. But for the most part, it's the mommies. Right. What the mommies do, it is the most challenging position you will ever be in. And the absolute most rewarding because I would not trade a second of it. I would not trade a second of it. Jace has pushed me to the motherfucking limit. That kid is not a fucking joke. And it has been nothing but work since the very second he was placed in my arms. And I would not trade it for anything in the whole world because he is so incredibly awesome and it's like this little human that I am blessed to be the guidance for you know and like the responsibility like my job is to point him in the right direction but he's leading me through that yeah it's fucking crazy. 
And even like this shit, like talking about school and whatnot, and I'm like, it's all about academics. Like I've got to get into school where he's going to have, and I think that it, especially in these early years, it's crucial for him to have that sort of support. Yeah. So I don't doubt for a second, like we are exactly where we need to be right this minute. We are exactly where we need to be for what's best for Jace. But even that, my understanding and my ideas of it, all that has shifted because what I have in my mind and what I think is going to be best, I'm seeing through him, isn't necessarily true. Right. Like he needs something different than what I expected him to need. And so I have to change course. Yeah. And I don't want to bounce around and I want to make sure that he has stability. But at the same time, every single change I make and have made for the last six and a half years has been in the best interest of my son. And right now, for this minute, we're exactly where we're supposed to be for Jace. Now he's going to throw a monkey in the wrench. No, that's not how the saying goes. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> a wrench in the monkey? No, it's a monkey wrench. <laughs> <sighs> okay. But I mean, he is a little motherfucker. He doesn't appreciate shit. But you know, he's six. Right. I, you know, my girls, you know, are still learning to appreciate shit. You know, they're, it's not always automatic. And I think so much of that comes from when you have to work for it yourself. Right. And at six years old, you don't have to work for it. Right. For yourself. Right. Although maybe we did, but just well as we children. Did, yeah. But but I think I think that's difficult part of parenting that we face is expecting our children to appreciate the things that they have the way we would have if we had right. had it when we were kids. But we wouldn't have. We right. had to work for it. We didn't have the bare necessities like our kids have. And we tend to, at least I know, tend to kind of fault my kids for not being appreciative of right. them. Right. But it's right. like, wow, Mom, you had me, you birthed me, I'm a child, and now I'm supposed to be like, thanks for keeping me alive. Right. Right. But Thank you for putting a roof over my head. Right. Thank you for clothing and feeding me. Right. And it's like, what? You didn't have to be here. Right. Like this but is yes, that's right. what we expect from our kids. Like, right. can't you say thank you? Can't you be appreciative that I fed you tonight? It's like, well, that's just a basic need of life that right. you took on as a responsibility, as a responsibility when you became a parent. a parent. Right. Right. So anyways, I don't think Jace has to show appreciation is my bottom line. <laughs> but I want him no, to a little. I know. Like for I some know. stuff, like there's well, some right, stuff, you don't right. need to have that Fortnite yeah. guy. Like, you're, you're pretty lucky to have clothes on your back. No. But, I mean, because that is my responsibility. But it's, like, it's hard for me to break that cycle of, like, I'm taking care of you, so you owe me something. Yeah. Because we did. Like, I, re I remember yeah. having to buy my own deodorant and having to buy my own tampons and having to buy my own underwear and shoot. Like, the, I remember. Right. Yeah having to work for my necessities right i don't want that and our for kids, my son right 
but I also do want him to be able to appreciate that he doesn't have to work for it like I had to work for it. Yeah. And it's not, like, I don't think that I'm spoiling him. I think that I'm giving him a better life than I had. But he does need to understand that we're in this together. Like, you and I are a team. I will always take care of you. But we pitch in right. to make it work. So right. if that means he takes the garbage out for me or, God forbid, he clean up after himself, and he's doing that shot. He yeah. is doing that shot. He, you know, I have to say about him, he's pretty fucking awesome. He is. But holy fuck. He is awesome. It's exhausting. But he's like, anything he takes interest in, it's like he conquers it. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's like, do I need to be fighting for him to be in a school where he's going to get straight A's? Or is it more about what he's interested in and where he's going to succeed? And like, I don't know, dance, music, something physical. Right. It's not just about what the paperwork says about his education. It's about him feeling fulfilled and yeah. feel like he's doing him. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, he's really frustrated with the school he goes, with, goes to now because the class of children that he's in with all have behavioral issues so they're loud they're active and he has been complaining to me recently that because the other kids are screaming all day he can't learn anything and if he can't learn anything how is he going to grow into an astronaut that's a valid point it's a valid point. And, and it's six years, old, six years old to recognize that. Right. Right. It's a distraction. And I get it because he gets these distractions. It is already a battle for him to be able to focus on something. Even if it's eating food on a plate that's in front of him. Yeah. Like he cannot focus on just one thing. So he's already battling focus, being able to focus on what's in front of him. And then he has all these outside distractions. And at six years old, he's saying to me, but I have all these outside distractions and I'm listening to him because what he's saying is honest and it's valid yeah. he has a heart he's not doing great in school but yeah, he has all these years distractions old. right and, and he's old, able to recognize but he can come to his mommy and say that right. like he can come to his mother and say that because I know if I had something like that to share at my age, it wouldn't have been my mommy. 
it would have been one of my sisters because it wouldn't have been received the same way from her. Right. Right. That's pretty incredible he can express that shit to uh, me. Yeah, it is. It's phenomenal. It really is. Because, like, when Mackenzie was little, she was, well, she was a distraction, but she also distracted. <laughs> I mean, she was also distracted. Right. And she would get lunch detentions all the time and whatever, and never really, I mean, had decent grades or whatever, but not phenomenal grades. But it was like, there was other shit going on that was distracting never really was able to like verbalize that because the social aspect was so important to her and such a huge part of going to school and here at six years old he's verbalizing this is identifying why he what's causing him to to struggle that's fucking phenomenal we as adults don't always do that right. at work or right. with our families or whatever like what right. the fuck why am I struggling right now? Why am and I having I need a hard to, time? Right. This? We don't do that. But well, I can tell you, I mean, and from the advice you had even given me, from the very beginning, when Jace babbled, I listened to him. When he would start learning words and rambling on, I listened to him. The stuff that I didn't give a shit about, <laughs> playing video games or whatever kind of nonsense he was into that honestly does not interest me when my son was talking to me about it I listened to him I showed interest because he was interested in it he needs I mean isn't that all kids need a safe place to go and I hope Jace always feels that with me but this is like this stuff coming up like him saying that how am I going to be an astronaut whatever well, grow into an astronaut is what he says. Right. But it's like, how important is it that he sit down and bust his ass to earn that A, even though it's going to be 10 times harder for him than most students, or that he sits down and he feels like he's important, and he feels like he matters, and he feels like that he's heard, and he feels like he is seen. And he feels you know, like he's he doing feels his best, so regardless of what grade he comes home with, safe. he still can be he's proud still of his... Safe. Right. You put an effort in, that is yeah. enough. That's where, that's that's where enough. you should feel the pride. You tried, yeah. that's enough. It's enough. You're not going to be fucking perfect. Who is? Jesus. And guess what? Newsflash for everybody. You're not Jesus. Him. Was brown skin, he did not have blue eyes, he did not have blonde hair, and we're not him. We're never, we were never expected to be perfect. And yet we expect that from our children. Like right. they, they have right. a freaking shitty attitude and they're whiny and complaining and whatever. And what, they're not allowed to have a bad day. But I can be grumpy as fuck because I've overworked and tired and my back hurts and it's okay for me to be miserable because I had a rough day 
but I'm not allowed, my child's not allowed to have that. Bullshit, bullshit. You know what? They have bad days too. Some days they need to kick rocks. You know, like some days they just need to scream or cry or fall apart. Right. And especially for boys, like why are boys not allowed to have feelings at all? Girls can have feelings because, you know, they menstruate and all, so it's like they're right. all hormonal right. and emotional and whatnot. But boys are not allowed to have feelings. Like, that's shitty. It is. That's shitty. And really, they're only allowed to express their emotions if they're angry or whatever. Yeah. You know, if they're aggressive about it. Right, like Johnny Depp. Yes, it's more acceptable. Slamming some cupboard doors. And he's like, yes. I assaulted some cabinets. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't hit Miss Heard. Did I? No. I love him. And I I feel bad that uh, he's going to go through this shit. situations too where I'm like trying to lock myself in a bathroom or I'm trying to get out the front door but I'm trapped because the person won't let me leave or won't let me have space yeah like feeling cornered like that where there's no escape you say and do some crazy shit I mean you just do you know you have someone break you like that you can't be rational can't be. I mean, literally, I've had the phone in my hand where I'm trying to call 911, and the person's laying on top of me, ripping the phone out of my hand, pinning me on the bed, like, fucked up shit. You start to break. So whatever Johnny has done, I like to call him Johnny because it's like he's my boy. He should be pouring himself a goddamn mega pint. And I don't fucking blame him. And I find it necessary too. And the problem is, like the last really serious relationship I was in, that was not abusive at all. We were on the opposite end of the spectrum when it came to politics and there's some of the stuff where it's like as I'm raising a black boy in the United fucking States of America there's a reality that he just was in completely he was in complete denial over and it would have been really harmful for days. Yeah. And he was a good dude. Like, he oh, was yeah, always respectful sure. to yeah. me. He was respectful to my family. He was kind to Jace. But when it came down to those sorts of things, like having to deal with police and whatnot, yeah. 
he was kind of oblivious to the reality of things. You know, like the all lives matter sort of mentality. Yeah. understand so much of it myself right you know like I really didn't I was so I mean that is exactly white privilege like I was so protected from it and still am right. I still am right but because I'm raising a black boy I become so much more aware of the reality of racism in this country and how it's still alive and well and breathing and growing just like it always has. It's not better than it used to be. And still, I don't have to face it personally like Jace does. Right. You know, and when we're like out and catching looks because people are like trying to scope out and put it together and figure it out and I'm aware of that more now than he is but he's certainly becoming aware of it. Yeah for sure. It's pretty scary. Yeah it is. Especially because most of my life I spent not knowing that it was still this bad. And talk about a slap in the face. And I still am living my white privileged life. Like, who the fuck am I to cry about this shit? Because you're not crying about it for you. But I didn't know. Right. And that's I really didn't. I did not know. And even sighting. But the but the more important signing part adoption papers and writing. I saw that he's hard to place because nobody wants black children, especially black boys. Black boys are the hardest to place in his papers. It was written. He's hard to place. Like, people don't want him. <laughs> and I'm floundering around like a fish out of water. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do because I am the furthest thing from a black man. Well, not the furthest thing, because white men are, like, the fucking worst. Right. But I think... But I can't relate to what it's like to be black, let alone a black man. I think that's what matters, though. That you acknowledge that. That you're looking for... situations and schools and neighborhoods where your kid will be comfortable. That's what matters. Yes, we grew up very ignorant, very racist and bigoted. But what matters is that we 
are willing to acknowledge that and learn and grow and admit that we were in a place of ignorance and we operated in a place of ignorance and we acted in a place of ignorance and we're learning and doing better and we're willing to grow and learn and I tell the kids I work with all the time like I'm not here to teach you guys anything I'm here to learn from you I want to know your experiences I want to know what you need I want your voice to be heard but see, that's even because how, that's how like, I learned. Right. On Halloween, when we went out trick-or-treating and all the kids are cutting through people's yards, and I'm like, Jace cannot grow up thinking that's okay. Like, he cannot. I had to say to him, right. do not cut through people's grass. You do not cut through people's grass because it is so incredibly dangerous for him to cut through someone's yard. Right. I did it the whole time I was growing up. You know how many times I cut through someone's yard? Right. He cannot do that. So just the sweet act of going trick-or-treating was a lesson. What the fuck? Like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. He can't just go gather some candy. It has to be a lesson about how he can't through people's grass. That's the United fucking States of America. And you're going to tell me that it's not as bad as it used to be. Well, because water fountains are always marked as coloreds only and whites only because they can sit near the front of the bus now. Oh, yeah. You're right. I guess racism isn't real. Are you coming over? It's fucking ignorance. It's ignorance. Right. And, and him going into a grocery store with his hands in his pockets or with his hood up, he cannot do that because he's instantly going to look like a threat because of the color of his skin. Because of the color of his skin. And I'm so stupid to it. <laughs> Well, right. I'm fucking oblivious. Like, I had no fucking idea. I mean, like, Grandpa would tell racist jokes and whatnot. So, in my mind, it's like, racism is his generation. It's dying out with his generation. Like, that was, that was Grandpa's times. That's how it was. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. I had no fucking clue what it really was, how it started, how it continues. And it's like NDRE said, like, white people have to be actively anti-racist every single day. Right. You never reach a point where you will ever understand what people of color go through or have to deal with on a daily basis. And our job, it, you know, sometimes it's like, there's no space for us to feel sorry for ourselves. That's bullshit. We don't, we don't deserve one more second of attention in my eyes. Like, to me, our job is Are you talking helping. about us as white people? Don't yes. we have 
No, I do not feel like that at all either. I Absolutely, think that, I do not think there's one single thing no. that need, we need to be pathetic about. No. Like, fuck you. You were all a bunch of fucking assholes. Right. Educate yourself. And we have to unlearn and relearn. That's on us. That's on us. And I think... But fuck the rest of them. Fuck all... Because all of them. All of them. Fucking burn in hell. Every single one of them can fucking burn in hell. It's up to us. Right. To start making it right. This isn't about how hard it is for me. This is about my son. Right. And me not being aware of the challenges he was going to have to face. Like, I was completely ignorant to it. Right. And I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing better. But... My sadness is not for me at all. Right. Not at all. Right. I don't want you to feel like you need to carry a bunch of guilt and regret because it is what it is. It should no, be about moving I forward. No, but I do need to learn how I can do better yes. and what's going to best benefit my son. Yes. I need to, and I have a lot to learn. Yes. I have a lot to learn. And that's what I'm saying is important. Understanding you have a lot to learn. Understanding you don't know it all. You still have room to grow. And the fact that you're willing to admit that and willing to do the work is what matters. Not what the past has been, but what you're willing to do moving forward. That's it for this episode of Sister Trek. Once again, thanks for listening. And please remember to always prioritize yourself, your health, and your journey. Thanks for listening.